so long to see Almost Famous. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, movies out what two thousand? Yep, a lifetime ago. I really have no explanation. As far as I can remember, this was a movie that people liked and people said was good, and <laughs> nothing made me want to watch it other than I just came across it. I think on Paramount Plus. About three weeks ago, and I said, you know, this is a movie I feel like I've been wanting to watch and never did, and let me throw it on. Can, like, I, throw you, can I throw something at you? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, 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 we've had podcasts where I discuss, uh, Dave, you need to watch Almost Famous. Uh, uh, Dave, uh, why haven't you seen Almost Famous yet? Um, it was even in when we did uh, Blockbuster Mentality's Top 100 Films of All Time. It was on my list. You know what's so great about that conversation is that it, you've just experienced my... T- uh, the two-way conversation. <laughs> when I tell you things that I would love for you to watch, and you do not watch them, so this was. I know. Now the, I know how it feels. This is proper comeuppance. <laughs> and Dave has probably told Ben to watch more movies than Ben has. That is told actually accurate. By yes. maybe a, ma- a magnitude of Mag- <laughs> a magnitude. No, actually, I will refute and say you've told me to watch more TV shows than yeah, than, than yeah, movies. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah. anyway. Hey, yeah, yeah. but yeah, almost famous. So I just, you know, the one of the one, one yeah. of those that just kind of yeah got what, away. Yeah, and what I will say, um, just maybe to start my initial thoughts of this film, is that I do feel like this is a very '90s film and a very '90s impression of the '70s. So that's yeah. kind of my like general big takeaway of this film and so when you're not and i feel like the, the movie gives off that same vibe and when you're watching it it confirms it and so when you're the farther away you get from those two things um i don't think this is a universal film uh, that just it, it, it does have a very specific kind of vibe yeah yeah it's again i i think we were even texting about this like uh, like the way you were speaking almost made it seem like it was almost like pretentious and I can totally see that like it is pretentious but like in a 90 like looking at it from <laughs> 2023 eyes <laughs> yeah. but like when you watched it back then you didn't really know that exactly like, yeah so yeah so if I watched this movie if I had seen this movie in 2000 in the theaters I think I would probably love this film yeah but it would only be because it was like from it was such a thing of that time. And watching it now, it feels yes, it does feel more pretentious. <laughs> and and there is so much passion in this filmmaking. I know that Cameron Crowe is like agonizing ever, over every song, every beat in this movie, every line of dialogue, um, and it's very personal to him. But it is very much of its own time, which is then sort of a weird. It's a it, it's of its own time, but it's like back twenty years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it, it's a nineties view of of the seventies. Right. Yeah. Well, what's crazy about that is yeah, this movie came out in two thousand. Uh, it takes place, I think, in 1973, so 27-year difference. So we're talking 
from today, 1996. So think of the music you listened to in 1996. I still probably listen to, you know, there's... <laughs> Soundgarden, yeah, like, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, yeah, Weezer, Weezer. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, it just yeah, it, it just time time sucks. Um, it does suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's what's crazy about this. And, yeah. But but yeah, this this movie, you know, it did get critical acclaim. It 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 was nominated for Oscars and things like that. And that's the thing about this flopbuster thing is. You know, it might like, not necessarily. Yeah, why be... didn't disconnect to audiences? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it didn't make money. Like that's that's the essential thing. Yeah, this one was uh, made for sixty million dollars, which is a lot for two thousand, especially for a film like this. It's a fairly big budget. Yeah, yeah. that's not it's not tiny. And it made forty seven point four at the box office, forty seven point four million. Uh, so yeah, I have 16... to look at the trailer to yeah, be, like what was the. I don't know. Yeah, I never actually saw Isn't the trailer. Yeah, like, yeah, how was it marketed? But yeah, I did, you know, read that it, it kind of flopped just because it was almost marketing people who grew up in the 70s, like the people over 50, and they didn't really connect with it. And then the people 25 and under didn't really connect with it because, you know, they didn't really care about that kind of thing. Yeah, the movie is a little bit, it's not sure what. What is the movie, right? Because it's a, it's a child's... By the way, uh, I guess we would assume, since it's semi-autobiographical, the main character is Cameron Crowe mm-hmm. in this position. Yep. The actor's not that great. Yeah, Patrick Fugit, I believe that's how you pronounce it, um, plays William Miller. Yeah, um, I don't, I'm yeah. not loving this teen... What I am loving is Francis McDormand as the mom. Yeah, I was gonna ask what what are your general thoughts on Francis McDormand? Oh, I love and I, in fact I love I love the first the first thirty minutes to me are amazing. So before he gets to be yeah the, the we, next actor yeah we get a little bit of we get some music uh, we get the sense of the mom and the sister and the mom is like the mom is very interesting because. She's like, I don't want you to do drugs. In a weird way, she's trying her best to set this man, this her son up to explore the world without being influenced too much by other people. Right. Like she wants him to go out and do it, but she doesn't want him I don't want no, I don't want the drugs, I don't want the alcohol, I don't want it's very it's a very complicated view right. of the world that she has. She's trying to like set something up that's absolutely perfect, which is not possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's yeah, because obviously she failed, not failed, but I don't know if she just didn't try with her daughter. You know, uh, Zoe Deschanel's character. <laughs> I know about uh, that. It's, it's so interesting seeing these. Uh, actors. They have a they have a like life ending conflict. Yeah. these two, and it will like never end. The it's just crazy too. Back then, the how the morals have changed. Like Simon and Garfunkel was the worst <laughs> thing you could. Do. Oh, that that when they're driving and they're playing America, I'm like, oh, give me more. I like it felt like a warm blanket watching. Yeah this like it, it, like just like america as like in like the song 
the song. Oh, 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 Durr. yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, but no, yeah, definitely. It was just like, ah, uh, yes, I love it. It's just, yeah. yeah. I, I think that when the when that song is playing, I think they're net, they're they're driving in the car. It just felt like I loved it. Like, yeah, you're getting the the feel because I think they made a comment about Simon and Garfunkel and the and fans of McDormand's like, ah, that's Monk Man Rana. You know about being on pot, but right? Yeah. Who cares? The song's great. I know. And then they play it, and they're driving, and it's like, yes, I love, <laughs> I love this song. I love it. <laughs> Who cannot deny this? You know. Yeah, and, and yeah, Frances McDormand. Yeah, to me, she's is just, great. Yeah. Like again, people talk about Meryl Streep the way they do. Like I think Frances McDormand will be in that conversation. Like she's won three Oscars. Meryl Streep has won three Oscars. Like Frances McDormand should be the the what people say is the Meryl Streep it should it should start transitioning to Frances McDormand. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> she went for Fargo, three billboards and and uh Nomad Land. I know uh three billboards is when you stop uh, liking movies. Uh, but <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, her work in this film Yeah. It you go back and she's what she does is why she's so good as an actress is she understands the material. Yeah. And she understands what her role is supposed to be. And I think that's like a like a meta thing. She that, understands the assignment. <laughs> really? <laughs> to use a today phrase. And then to do it on screen. Yeah. That's where the real talent lies. Yeah. I think. Uh, to execute, she because because really within this movie she doesn't have a lot of screen time. No, not a lot of lines. But we, but because of her work, we know everything about her and how she feels about her kids. Right, and it's not insignificant. Right, it is very crucial. Uh, the the way she the the way she mothers them. Well, and it's interesting too because usually. You know, with these type of mother roles, it's all about, you know, the whole Christian thing and religious thing. But hers is more just, it's not about that. It, I don't at least know it, how didn't, to it, didn't, it didn't play that way. Like, she, no. you know, it's introduced that she's a English teacher and, you know, is just, I think she's just wants her kids to have you know the best education yeah and, it's, not, it's not christian but she also doesn't want the, the daughter to slut around right like, yeah but like, right, i mean that's not be... from like a christian perspective yeah it's from like a different perspective like, yeah i want you to figure but that goes to show you that it shouldn't be about you know to have morals doesn't mean you have to be <laughs> exactly christian yeah <laughs> there's a, yeah there's a complication there right yeah like she's like don't sell out to that guy she 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 really wants her kids to have their own to forge their own path right like not influenced by anyone um and it is yeah, it's one of the most interesting characters I could... One of the most interesting women characters, mothers, yeah. in that way that I can think of in a lot of the movies I've ever seen, to be yeah. quite honest. Definitely, yeah. She's like both like repressive and a free spirit. 
Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, because she's, she's, you know, obviously an English teacher. Obviously, you know, she's probably into poetry and things like that. And that's all about... She doesn't want them using drugs. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. But, like, it's, but it's, now, weird, it's weird how music transitioned. Like, because music is... Like, that is poetry. It's just in a different form. Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's you know, and that's... Yeah, it's it's crazy just how mindsets can change, and uh, you know, it, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me how you know. I, I don't <laughs> I know. know. It's well, hard so to put we, into words. The older daughter who could not handle it, I think maybe because she was also a girl, she runs off. Right. And then we have our, our sort of main character, which is our standard. Or our standard for Cameron Crow. He's a little bit young, uh, but he's he's there to keep to stay. I mean, and, yeah. And then he gets into rock music, meets the Silip, uh, Silip, <laughs> Silip, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. character. Uh, what what? And then because he likes to write about rock music, and then 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 we get into basically the the plot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because. Uh... Zoe Deschanel kind of introduces him to music a little bit, and then yeah, you can tell he wants to be a writer and all that jazz, and uh, that's what yeah. When he runs into Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, and uh, apparently he was supposed to he, he Jack Black wanted to play him. Yeah. Um. There was another actor too. I can't. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, Jack Black. Oh, Jack Black and John Favreau auditioned for him. Okay. So I want to say... I could say that. I feel like a lot of this movie is up its own ass and full of shit. Okay. And I feel like this this starts with the Philip Seymour Hoffman character. Uh, I can kind of see where you're going with this. And so this... <laughs> this is kind of... I... I I, I do feel the emotion of the film and I don't think it's I don't think it's inauthentic yeah of what the movie is trying to tell me and I, we know semi autobiographical by Cameron Crowe but if I do I'm getting like oh you know uh, when when Philip Seymour Hoffman's like rock and roll's dead he says this like 10 times <laughs> and he's like oh, don't you know call me I'll be on speed you know you can call me anytime I start feeling like I don't know that I believe this world yeah too much. Um and this again this feels like a a 90s look into the 70s. And now so what I mean what do you mean by that exactly? Like it's, 90s it, It's almost look. like too it's it, it's too slick or like 70s costumes on 90s characters. Yeah, no I and even I, the songs that uh, I forget the name of the band that the Billy Crudup. Stillwater. That feels like a 90s song. It doesn't feel like a 70s song. The yeah. ones they were playing in concert. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I I got the 70s aesthetic, you know, all that. Um, I mean, so I mean, so that that's where it starts. So what what else, though? Like, other than the <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I like him. Yeah. Um. But there's there, there's like there's a sentimentality mm-hmm. to the film that isn't always earned. Because I think Cameron Crowe feels it, but I'm not always feeling it in that way. Yeah. So yeah, 
Like what do you like? Like sorry, no, I'm not. No, and I'm not. You know, trying to uh, stick up for the film or anything like that. Like, what does Cameron Crowe feel? Like what, what? He feels every. I feel like Cameron Crowe feels every song that he plays. So like, here's another, like the the tiny dancer scene. Yeah, that's a great scene. But you don't think it's earned? I mean, kind of. I like it because I love the song and I'm kind of glad that our characters are like having like five minutes to get back together, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's not real. Yeah. Like all this feels like is we're just pretending to like coalesce on this one moment, but in the, at the end of the day, we're completely falling apart as a man. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying there. I mean, to me, that scene just brings out just how music can bring people together. And and I'm watching it. I'm loving it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Cause I'm, when I watch that scene, I'm like, the way the scene is brought out because this, well, mostly 90% because the song is amazing, but it was put out in a way perfect time for the for the characters right yeah but it feels manipulative <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you're like oh billy crudup's character is not so bad yeah. he, he's fine and we're all gonna be okay <laughs> yeah now. yeah we'll just sing this song and we'll get over to the fact that right. he just like disappeared and went off yeah he's like teenage party and did acid (laughs) (laughs) don't give him any more acid (laughs) um yeah no i mean i get that yeah it's it's yeah and i can see the pretentiousness like i said of the film and you know all that looking at it in 2023 eyes and all that what about k hudson let's talk about her i mean that that's one thing i mean that's one of the things that makes the movie for me. I think this is one of the best characters on film for me. Um, Like ever? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I don't know. Something about it. I mean, it might be because when I was, um, when was this? 2000? A young lad. (laughs) A young lad. Yeah. She was like, I was in love with her. Well, she's, Uh, well, she's beautiful. She was like one of my first actress crushes but she's also not, not one of my first but like she was like back in like 2000 to like 2004 oh, yeah i mean like, who I doesn't like, like Kay hudson yeah <laughs> because not only is she a great actress and beautiful she's incredibly charming right like, yeah. <laughs> but that's just her yeah. i mean if you watch the latest uh knife out knives out movie this more you know She's walking out there when in a bikini, and she's just as fucking hot as she yeah. was in this movie. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want to... Yeah, 20, 22 years later. Wow, yeah. what we want. It's the most appealing woman who has ever lived. Right, so, yeah. Hey. But outside of that, I do think <laughs> her character was very, just very intriguing and just, like, was the most interesting part of the film to me. It's just... You know, yeah, so her... what was she? So she's a. What did she expect? Yeah, like, yeah. What would happen? You know, like what, like why Billy Crudup wouldn't fall in love with her, and you know. Yeah, I mean, what, she was traded for why she wouldn't be taken seriously and all that. Like, they sold her off for an eighteen pack, and yeah, 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 yeah. She ends up having to get her stomach pumped at the end, like. Well, it's... Be... yeah, and so this is like. 
and I guess the big thing going on throughout this film is one of the things uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman says was just they are not your friends they will screw you over um, and that applies to the groupies which is kind of interesting the way the movie gave the gave yeah. the groupies a story right yeah, <laughs> yeah. along with the journalist because it doesn't matter they don't care yeah so, like yeah like, that's I mean, and that comes down to anything you're involved in. Like, even with us, with this podcast, like, you know, we're thinking these celebrities we interview are our best friends. No, they don't give a shit about us. Uh, exactly. They like, don't. They really don't. As much as we think we clicked with them, at the end of the day, let's be honest, you know? Like, yeah. And a lot of times we don't give a shit about them you know like and sometimes just, we don't yeah, like them. like it's just like there are many of them we did we did not like yes <laughs> so it's like that and however but, but outside of even, even that just everyday life there's people you just you co-workers or just even people in your friend circle <laughs> like there's just people who are using you or just you just don't like you know, or just don't have that much fun with, or don't click with. You know, and it, so I feel it's an interesting point. You know, it's it, it's it is yeah, it is a good point, but it's like two hours to make like one point. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I don't think this movie's about the points. It's just about the ride. You know, this this. I feel like it's about the this, point. I, I this, yeah, the, or I don't know what the movie's about. It's because it feels like it's about the point. It's a coming of age story. Did you, did you watch Licorice Pizza? No, I didn't. Okay, this movie reminds me of that. Very okay, because it's starring Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Yeah, and then some like older women. Yeah, Paul know. Thomas Anderson. Film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that I love this movie. I, 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 I mean, I can I, see I, that. I almost, but I think if I again, if I watched it. In the theater in two thousand, I th- I think I would love it a lot. Amazing soundtrack, like it. Yeah, that that can be a manipulative manipulative sometimes. Yeah, is the soundtrack and the score to a movie is it's like oh I think I like this, but but at the same time that also that's part of filmmaking is that oh, you of know course. making yeah. you feel an emotion and if they use that. A song to make you feel that certain emotion, then more power to them, you know? So let's take a look at. Uh, so we know financially this thing didn't do well, but right. maybe uh, awards. Yeah. Uh, I think we got a, an Oscar for screenplay yeah, for this thing. Best screenplay in t- uh, 2000. That's good. It was nominated <laughs> for uh, Best Supporting Actress. But Cameron Crowe, what, like, what happened to you, director? Uh, Vanilla he... Sky. Hey, Do you ever watch that? Yeah, it's okay, but weird, right? Yeah, very weird. And th- but that—that's the kind of thing I want to see Tom Cruise in more. Is I want him to start doing not Mission Impossible movies any like, like constant action. Yeah, he has the capacity. He's good dramatic. He isn't. Yeah. He's a good actor. Like I just think he doesn't. He must not have fun with it anymore. <laughs> like I think he just wants to impress people with his stunts and everything like that. Cameron Crowe did. That, oh, I could have swore he did something I else. I think but, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Vanilla Sky almost. And famous. Jerry Maguire. Oh yeah, Jerry Maguire. That was probably. Oh, and also say anything. That's you know. 
the mm. the boom box with John Cusack type of thing, you know. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Eh, I'm I mean, that, no, I'm not I'm just that. saying it's famous for that scene, but yeah. Other than that, I could have swore Cameron Crowe did So how more. do you, Oh, he it, did Fast Times at Richmond High. He wrote Fast you, Times. Did he really? Yeah. How old? 25. Yeah. As a director, I would say his career is pretty mixed. Yeah, it's it's pretty neg- it's pretty negative. basic. <laughs> As a writer, good, but... Jerry Maguire, almost famous. Yeah, yeah, I guess... I don't know why I thought he did more. No, Sky, that's it. (laughs) This is a movie... I don't know that I would recommend it. Really? To be quite honest. For me, it's... uh, Okay, so it's a a coming-of-age tale, which I'm always a a fan of, is coming-of-age tales. And it just... Yeah, it just shows kind of... And I love music, um... And it shows just this kid going through this thing and realizing how music brings people together. It, and if I'm honest, brings art brings people together. Like this podcast, movies bring us together. Um, so yeah, it's him discovering that. It's him discovering that, you know. Even though he had this kind of sheltered life, he was able to still go on this adventure with his band and was able to do all these things and experience these things, even though he got statutory raped uh, (laughs) in a a three-way scene um, or four-way, I think. I know you like music movies. You like... sometimes... I feel like this one was just up its own ass, okay? That's what I think. This movie was so far up its own ass. It was just, it, yes, it was pretentious. It was Cameron Crowe being like, ah, oh, this is what I felt in this moment. I'm gonna, I wanted, I want you to feel this way. And then the audience did not. Yeah. And and so that's where I am. One thing I will say is I, I for some reason, I, Billy Crudup, I love him as an actor. I... <laughs> Did you ever watch The Morning Show? No. Okay. He won awards for that. Um, but what else has he been in, though? <laughs> he was uh, he was supposed to be Barry Allen's dad in um, uh, Flash. He was in the first. In, in the Batman v. Oh, Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish he would have stayed that. I don't know. Every time I see him show up in things, for some reason. Uh, He's good. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the Stanford Prison Experiment? I did not. Have you ever heard of the Stanford Prison yes. Experiment? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he played the uh, doctor in that. Um, yeah. He, he, like he was. More... Yeah. Sorry, this is for you. He was an alien covenant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. He was. Yes. Are, we, are you selling me? Uh, are you selling me a Billy Crudup? No, I'm just trying to remind you of things he was in. Okay, um, he was in <laughs> Mission Impossible Three. He was in Eat, Pray, Love. He was in Public Enemies. He was in. Oh, he's in Watchmen. I know that. Oh yeah, Watchmen too. Yeah, yeah. so really great in, in Watchmen. He's been in a lot of things, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, well, he's kind of an, he, he really kind of is an asshole yeah. in this movie. And then the Jason Lee character is sort of the more emotive character. Be like the lead singer. 
and and he's the one and so there's this like tension between wow we don't, what do we want to tell the rolling stone rolling stone uh reporter kind of a thing and jason lee is talking constantly uh but it it, it doesn't matter because billy crudup really is the the lead that's where right. everyone wants to hear from right yeah he, yeah, it, and that's what's interesting to me about the movie, too, is how, you know, the kid is always trying to get an interview from him and a statement from him. He's like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And you can just never get him to <laughs> sit down and do the interview. And then finally at the end, you know, it's the whole music is everything. You know, that's that's the whole thing, you know. And I know that makes you sigh and makes you a little roll bit, your eyes. Because yeah. we get the we get the plane right at the end where they where they're gonna die. They almost crash, yeah. It's like Seinfeld it? episode esque. Yeah. <laughs> and the one guy is like, I'm gay. I mean come on now <laughs> I mean of all the confessions that someone could level, I mean it's just like <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's mentioned as a joke. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, 2023 eyes, you know. I, I True. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> even Will, William is saying his love for Penny, I think, during the crash. like to, Right. To, everyone's like sharing their yeah. the thing that they... It, well, it's just like the Seinfeld episode when <laughs> Elaine's like, I always loved I you, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I get it. You hated this movie. It was pretentious. It was. It's interesting because um, <laughs> we uh, you know uh, did a block bu- uh, flop buster mentality yeah. uh, previous to this. Uh, John Carter and you know we we agreed with each other and you know it was like you know we were simultaneous. We but this yeah, one is a little different because I. I, yeah, I think this was, is one of my favorite movies. It's just crazy how if you see a film, you know, a long time ago and then more re- like it's just crazy how views can change. You think it's a great movie. I think it's just an okay movie. It looks like also it being R-rated didn't help it. Uh I'm just no, trying yeah. I'm just trying to go through why yeah, it was a flop. Yeah, why, why. You know, it failed to give it a kind of advertising support. It, to be it honest, the, the R rating we get a, some topple scenes, but didn't matter to the plot. Yeah. They could have cut but them out. F words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think that's well and also drug use. I think that you know no, goes to the references. Drug yeah. Yeah. Or the R rating. Um but yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like it's it just kind of uh, didn't get the word of mouth it needed. It didn't get uh, um, again the the it didn't market very well, and yeah, that's kind of why it it didn't do so well at the box office. But again, it's critically acclaimed. So two thousand. What do you think the number one movie was that year? I'll, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. It was a it was a Jim Carrey movie. 2000. Oh, The Grinch. Yep. The Grinch was the number... Domestically, The Grinch was the uh, number, number one movie, movie of, of 2000. Year? Yep. Wow. Uh, what was in the top five starring Russell Crowe? Oh, Gladiator. Gladiator was oh, number three. Oh, one of the three. best movies ever made. Come on now. What was number five? <laughs> 
What? I, hold on, I'm gonna get. What was in 2000? What was number five starring Robert De Niro? Uh, in 2000. Oh, uh, the one with Edward Norton. Uh, nope. Uh, sorry, I, I wanted to stop you ahead. It was a comedy. Uh, meet the uh, the fuckers. Yeah, meet the parents. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, number one was How the Grinch Stole really? Christmas. Christmas. That number, was number one? Yep. Number <laughs> Domestically. Number two was... What Mich- a quaint time. <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> Mission Impossible 2 uh, was the number two movie. Gladiator. Bad, bad movie. The Perfect Storm was number four with uh, br- uh, George Clooney. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, I think was Yeah, it? yeah. And then, yeah, number five was uh, Meet the Parents. Get this. Number six was... <laughs> Number six was X-Men. Uh, and the only reason I bring that up is just because superhero movies today. Normally it'd be like blowing <laughs> the doors off, yeah. right? Yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas was ahead of a superhero movie in the year 2000. So yeah, Grinch made $251 million, <laughs> X-Men lot. made 157 that's insane. <laughs> like, it's crazy. 23 years later, if that, like, if this were, like, any different, like, it would just, uh, yeah, X-Men would have been number one. I mean, when you look at it, though, like, X-Men was the only superhero movie that year. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. Crazy how, yeah, just times change, you know? Uh, and so, speaking of, uh, Almost Famous was, out of all those, what do you think it ranked? Uh, 30. 82. Oh, wow. Domestically with 31. What a flop. Guess what was ahead of it? <laughs> no, at number 79 was Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> so be a... that, that is bad. Yeah, that that is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Unbreakable was number 23. Unbreakable is an awesome yeah. movie. But yeah, that's uh so Dave hated Almost Famous. I half hated um, it. He didn't know what was happening half the episode because the last episode went so well because we both agreed on it. But hey, sometimes we don't agree on things. Almost yeah. Famous. Eh. Not so much. Half a good movie, half a bad movie. I don't I, I I don't see where it's bad. That's my thing. It's the pretentiousness. It's trying to tell something that's personal to the filmmaker that isn't relatable to the rest of the audience. Yeah. I'm sorry you hated Almost Famous. I'm glad we uh, did it as a flop buster and not a it is a flop movie analysis episode. I mean, what 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 were the redeeming qualities of the movie for you? Uh, uh, you might have already said it, but just to recap: Francis McDormand telling the story of uh, how the main character met Kate Hudson. She really is the the, yeah. the shining star of the film. Uh, and then after just nostalgia plays of s- songs I like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I just don't like this movie. Maybe you're right. All right, well, all right, folks. We'll see. You <laughs> Maybe I was right, as in you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think I don't like this movie. Did your wife watch it with you? She did. She walked away. Really? Yeah. Well, she knows you liked it. So. 
It's like, yeah. Ben likes it. That's All a right. Ben pick. Deuces. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I like this movie. Dave does not give it a rating. Three stars. It was my happiest. Um, in terms of popcorn, there are moments where I'm up and I'm in it. Uh, so I'll say three, three buckets of popcorn. Wow. I'm surprised you gave it... That's actually a much higher rating than you were, <laughs> you were hinting towards. I'll give it four stars. Uh, yeah, I'll give it three bucks of popcorn as well. Again, it's uh, it's long. Um, I'll, I'll it, we'll say that. But yeah, three three buckets out of five. Uh, entertainment wise, ain't bad. Four stars out of five. That's a great ass movie to me. So um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Flopbuster, if if it didn't make much money in the in the box office, but uh, awards wise, it did well. Uh, so yeah, again, it, it's interesting to discover these films that might not have made so much money, but you know, weren't so bad. Dave hated it, but <laughs> yeah. all right, folks. Well, <laughs> that's uh, that is uh, another Flopbuster episode for you. Um, you can Flopbuster. Flop Buster. I'm glad you-